Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. Today, Alex Doherty, there's a huge week for the AFLW competition. Prelims have been run and done. The W Awards last night and the grand final coming up on Sunday. We have reached the peak of the mountain. We're basically almost there. The pinnacle of AFLW football, Cat, and we're going to be playing in Springfield. Oh, on the weekend. Um, oh, look, I won't, 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 won't delve too much about it. I reckon I've said my piece more than enough about... Look, no, nothing, against the, nothing against the place. The place actually looks nice. But uh, it's more, more, more to do about what Nicole Livingston and the AFLW are doing with this competition. It's almost as if they're just treating the damn thing with contempt. I'm not sure but, it's the bigger attraction on the weekend, the grand final or the monorail. Um, <laughs> I, I will say the decision, I have loved the amount of Simpsons memes being pulled out um, from basically everywhere, every club, every fan on socials of the last week, Doc, has been the highlight of this whole debacle, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, when when, we, when we're being treated with contempt, Cat, I mean, all we can do is laugh at, at, uh, at all the Simpsons memes. Uh, I love, love a good Simpsons meme, to be honest. I heard they sold the I heard they sold the monorail up at the Gold Coast and that fell flat on its ass as well. <laughs> well, to get to this point, obviously we had to play out the prelims and the Lions, uh, the best team all season, Doc, without a doubt, and they won their way through with a four goal win over Adelaide on Friday night. They're into their second grand final in three seasons after missing out the prelim last year. Uh, definitely a win to hang their hat on coming into a grand final. They pretty comprehensively, I thought the first half in particular um, had Adelaide's number from the word go. I, th- I think more specifically, Kat, the second quarter was where it all mm. was where it all um, all came together for the Lions because that first quarter was was really balls against the wall sort of stuff. It was intense football from from basically the first second up until when Kathy Svark got that goal, and then it sort of slowly started to deteriorate before quarter time, and then. Then Jesse Wardlaw and Courtney Hodder said, uh, thanks very much for coming, girls, but we'll take it from here. Um, but, yeah, they, they kicked four goals um, and basically put the result beyond doubt there. And and if was, and then Dakota Davidson in the opening couple of minutes just put the uh, – just a ridiculous kick on, on the uh, – Basically on the basically from the point post cat. That was a snap. It was good oh. it's good to see Dax up and about now in the past few weeks after a slow sort of start to life this year. Um but I, I'm really, really impressed by that was the, the biggest lead they got up out to is thirty five points when the Crows are still goalless at the start of the third. Um but you know, we'll talk a bit about the Lions midfield when we get to a little bit of a look at the awards night. But the balance they found in this group, Doc, we've spoken a bit about um, you just mentioned it before, Cathy Spark finding a bit more of an offensive impact this year. And she's kicked five goals for the season now, um, which is her best return uh, in her career. It's something that maybe has gone unnoticed a little bit, but they just keep finding new layers to the midfield group. And Cathy has once again found a way to lift her game. Uh, it's going to be another important part of what's going to make this team successful come the grand final next week. Hasn't flown under the radar for me, Cat. You know as well as anybody that I'm. I'm a. I'm a big. I'm a big advocate of Kathy Spark, and it's interesting that that she that her that she hasn't averaged a career high on disposals at the moment. Her her, her career high was twelve point four in in her first season, so it's a bit weird. But she's she's doing a lot of other things right. I mean, she's still tackling. She's still. I think she still has that primary focus of of playing one on one around the stoppages first, and then once. Once Brisbane get the ball on on the outside, she's off and running. She's got an amazing tank, and I think the the thing you look about is, is the clearance numbers, just under four or four per game. That's career high, 
and and 215 meters per game is the highest since her first year as well. So these are these are really quality numbers to to look at a, a player like Kathy Clark. And we talk about all these players that are that are finding extra layers. You know, Emily Bates probably played her best game. I think this season hasn't yeah. really look. She's not hasn't been awful, but I don't think she has really lived up to what she was been what she's been able to do the last last season. Yeah, definitely. She's been probably that step behind um, Ellie Anderson across this year, which is yeah, no slight on her. It's hard to back up a league best and fairest season with that same sort of quality. She's still been very very solid, and this whole Lions midfield has been, but. Um, interesting on the other side of the coin, Doc, looking at the team stats and everything, the Crows probably should have been closer uh, to this margin through. That second quarter really gave them away and then they couldn't find the conversion in the second half and they did have their opportunities, which I think evened it up a little bit. They did win the second half overall, but kicking two, three goals, three, they had chances at goal they probably could convert and still only had the six less inside 50s, had more of the footy, uh, it seemed to me like Adelaide probably could have gotten themselves closer in this game, but um, by the time they got there, it was probably just a little, too little too late. Yeah, oh, it's an interesting call. I mean, they were minus six and inside 50s for the entire game. So, look, it's to say that they didn't have their chances. Um, but you think back to that second quarter and it just sort of, that was it, I, yeah. I, I think. Um, it's been it's been been a weird year for Adelaide. I mean, they haven't been... Like, like for for especially the second half of this year, they've been very, I'd say I'd say stuck in neutral would be would almost be the the way I'd sort of describe it. They I mean they haven't been dreadful, but they haven't exactly dominated and commanded a game quite mm. like Brisbane and Melbourne have yeah. in, in the in the second half. You know, Hatchard's had a lot of good games. Um, Ebony Marinoff's finals campaign it was interesting. See her in the moon boot. Uh, last night in the awards, because yeah. uh, her, her last couple of games, her fo- you know, an entire final series has just been hasn't really hasn't really been any good. Like, yeah, I mean, she's not been surprised get- that she's been carrying something clearly. Yeah, um, it's not to say, not not to say like look, defensively she's still doing the things. I mean, she's tack- she had eight tackles on the weekend. I think yeah. averaged averaged I think double figures or close to in the finals. But yeah, she just really lacked that offensive power that that really make Adelaide such a good team and. As well, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I made mention of like the, these bottom five, six players. You know, Abby Ballard was a better, was a, was a non factor. Najwa mm-hmm. Allen, I, I didn't really feel her presence. Rashic was, um, was pretty ordinary. Um, and Eloise Jones, we talked about the Ford experiment, didn't really see a lot of that in this game either. So, um, and, and also, what's, ha- what's happened to Rochelle Martin, Kat? <laughs> Earlier in the year, she, earlier in the year, I, I sung her praises, and she was the talk of the town of, of Adelaide. But she just almost has fallen off the cliff. She's had pretty much no impact, I think, for yeah the second half of this season. Really, um, she's obviously always been renowned for being a, a real high pressure player and sort of bats above her weight. She's usually one of the shortest players out there. But um, yeah, the past few weeks, I think she had a couple of games: seven tackles against St Kilda, six against the Cats. But beyond that, um, hasn't really created much outside of, you know, laying tackles and applying pressure. And clearly when the chips were down in these finals, um, she didn't really deliver either. I didn't think she did very much against the Pies either. Probably one of the players he could have looked to drop coming into this game. Um, mm. But, yeah, I don't know where she sits at the moment, Doc. I think part of what's hurting this Adelaide team at the moment is that Maybe they are becoming a little bit predictable and a little bit stale in certain areas. We, we've seen the forward line get exposed a fair bit across this year. 
And we saw once again when Marinoff wasn't having that um, offensive, you know, um, impact on the game. Hatchard's the only one really generating out of the middle. Uh, the forwards can't really create without that delivery to them. Um, Chelsea Randall being in obviously helped. She kicked the goal. But I think it's something they've got to work on is they're not creating a lot of goals from these forward half stoppages. It seems to me like, like with how they used to be with uh, Phillips being the focal point doc and they really struggled without her. It seems like when you take Marinoff out of the game or you take Randall out of the game, um, suddenly they just can't be the team that we thought they might be. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, Adelaide's got probably the best, probably along with Melbourne and Brisbane, they've got the best sort of A-grade talent in, in the competition. I mean, you know what you're going to get every week from Hatchard, Marinoff, Randall. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Allen has been in good touch over the finals campaign. Stevie Lee Thompson's had had moments as well. Um, and then and then you've got Chelsea Bedell, who again played out of her skin on Friday night. Really, um, but then yeah, you've got the you've got the the middle layer of players that are sort of either young or they're breaking through. And I think maybe they just need it. Maybe maybe they just need some extra time. Like you know, sorry, Prowse had uh, probably not her best game, but they, I like what I see from her in the defensive half. And yeah. and uh, as well, Hannah Munyard was was good in in their premiership season. Hasn't been as good this season, but I think she's still relatively young. And and ditto to players like Tia Charlton and Gouldy as well, who they who are just breaking in as, as becoming as on 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 the cusp of being elite players. Yeah. So so look, it's not not all the end of the world for the Crows. I mean, I think they've got to sort out these sort of players. You know, I, I don't know where Rachel stands at the end of this season. I've heard a little bit of talk that she might she might get the chop. Um. I've heard a bit, uh, and and I'm not entirely sure where players like where 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 a player like Neve Kelly does fit in 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 the future plans because she mm. was brought in and and I think I thought she had a really good game to be honest, but is it? But may and and maybe we'll give her another season, but is she gonna is she right in there as as a premier as as part of Adelaide's next premiership side? Yeah, look, I don't think so. I think like you said, you give her a chance to prove herself. Uh, I think next season, but. She was dropped for a better part of the year. She came back in and hasn't done much since then. Had a game against the Cats where she probably could have kicked two or three. Um, but the game against St Kilda, she was all right. But like you said, Doc, this game was probably one, a bit of a flash in the pan compared to her other finals, especially where I don't think she really had much of an impact. I think mm. this is just where we're seeing the impact of the, while the Crows didn't lose many to Port Adelaide or expansion in general, just having that next layer down, like you said, now the next woman up in the midfield isn't, Aaron Phillips, it's Tia Charlton, who is still young and still finding her feet. You know, the next player up in the forward line, um, outside of, you know, we've talked about they rely on Ponta to kick a goal or Woodland to kick a goal. Uh, and when they're not doing it, no one's really bobbing up. Um, so they need to get that bottom end working and keep developing. They've got the, clearly got the talent and the players in there um, to do it, but it might just be a slower burn. Maybe it's time to start turning a few of the older players over or the ones who are just sort of not showing as much promise anymore because um, that's the only way they're really going to move forward. But kudos to the Crows. They still had a solid year in meds for the prelim um, when a few were probably riding them off early doors, which I think was stupid <laughs> from the get-go. <laughs> we knew they were still going to be a top-four level team. Yeah, abso- I mean, absolutely. I mean, look, one one, one Aaron Phillips does not make this Adelaide team uh, 
to the contrary of what I said probably about four years ago when Aaron Phillips, after they won the first flag and then Aaron Phillips was battling like injury complaints, I thought like, oh yeah, they just lean on Aaron Phillips. That's it. But no, look, they've they've got a, they've got a great core unit of players and the, and their kids are coming through. It's just the it's just the it's just the players like Whiteley and and Rochelle Martin and Nigel yeah. Allen types that that I'm I'm worried about. Like they, they need they need these role players and they're not and they're not living up to the billing anymore. So I don't know. That's that's where I see the crows at. Not not I'm not saying they're garbage. Any Adelaide fans are listening to this coming at me, they're not garbage by any means of the stretch. That you know they don't make top four for they don't make top four for no reason. They're they're a solid outfit. It's just where do I see them making these next couple of moves to be right back in premiership contention next season? Yeah, I think it's just going to be like we said. Time develop these kids. They'll take on the roles that the older players aren't filling anymore, and that's where it'll take them. Uh, the other game, of course, the other prelim: Melbourne and North Melbourne at Icon Park. Uh, probably North Melbourne, the opposite side of the coin, Doc, where we did think they were going to drop off a little bit this year. Still made a prelim, went out valiantly. Um, obviously, no goals in the second half is not ideal. Um, probably after last week, we thought North would put up a little bit of a better showing than this. But I think despite this result, they can still be proud of what they achieved this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people would have would have thought after last season, you know, North were probably on the bit of a decline and... They they had a lot they had a lot of draft picks at, at the draft uh, in in the middle of the year and we thought oh look are they going to take a step backwards or are they going to sort of well they going to sort of follow what Melbourne did a couple of years ago and they sort of offloaded players to try and get some draft capital back they didn't exactly get that draft capital but that Melbourne did but they still they still walked out with a really solid draft and you and I yeah. especially Cat and I think Miller can attest to that as well that. North walked out with a pretty very with a very good draft hand, and a lot of them made impact at significant points of this season. So there's a lot. Look, my issue this is this is where this is where it gets a little bit south to me. Like North dominated that second half for mm. no goal for no goals, and it's, been, and it's a similar issue to last season when they played against the better teams. I mean, they had they would they would have their um they would have their share of the ball. They try and work it around the full fifty, and it would just break down. A lot, you know, players like Gillard and Birch and 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 Chaplin were all having a having a field day in the defensive half of Melbourne, and it's just uh, until look, I don't know what I don't know what the problem is. I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a it's it's a Darren Crocker issue. I don't necessarily think it's I, I think it's a combination of both player and coach. Yeah, but their their their, co- their cohesion forward of the ball is is going to kill them. Is going to constantly kill them until it gets sorted out. Yeah, I, I thought they had sort of had the penny drop with that last week too, where we saw them when everything did come together against Richmond and they did find a way to make that um, forward conversion a strength as opposed to a weakness uh, that maybe they would be able to take that forward. But I think part of it as well was the forward pressure wasn't to the same level as it has been in those successful games. Doc, uh, Vicky Wall and Bella Eddy had four tackles each, but after them, I thought it dropped off pretty significantly in their forward line in terms of pressure. You've got players like Mia King and Amy Smith who are cracking in when they're following stoppages, but I don't think it was enough to take them to the same level that we've seen them capable of inside 50, locking the ball inside. Because like you said, for 36 inside 50s to only make eight scoring shots or eight shots for only six scores uh, is pretty deplorable. I mean, I mean, I think in the third quarter alone, I think it was eighteen inside fifties for just two behinds. Like, like who in their right mind would walk out there and say that's a good job, ladies? We we got enough of the ball. There, this is this is this is the pro- This has been the problem with North for for a little bit, and 
a couple of a couple of North folks that I do know have been, uh, are growing a bit tired of what Croc is trying to trying to do, and I understand that to a degree. But the players out there as well that are all, they're also part of the problem. I mean, look, Emma King and Talia Randall with with two goals between them, that's it, not good enough for mine. Yeah, like. Look, I'm I'm high on both of them. Like Randall, Randall's shown in leaps and bounds in the last twelve months that she can make it as a key forward. And Emma King, oh look, she has her moments, and and look, she does good. I think structurally, her and Rennie playing playing fifty fifty as, as a ruck tandem is good. But I'm I'm just not sure. I'm if you if you're if you're hinging your bets on a key forward like Emma King, I, you're just not going to win. For I think part of it, there's no shock here, Doctor. They only shared two marks between them as well. The Melbourne backline played them well. The delivery probably at times wasn't good, but they knew how to nullify them, and they did that. We've talked all season about Libby Birch and Sarah Lampard and Talia Gillard as well, who, unlike a lot of the kids we've spoken about, did not look overawed by this whatsoever, and I can't believe she's going to be playing in the grand final next week. This kid has just been a ridiculous uh, addition to the backline this year. Um, but... For Melbourne, positively for me, obviously getting into the grand final, you're always going to have positives to talk about. But I thought the fact that the midfield really held its own with Olivia Purcell uh, gathering just 10 disposals, Doc. We know how big you've been on Purcell Mania all year. But the fact that she didn't have a big impact in this game and they still managed to break even or very nearly break even with North, I think is just scary. Very, very scary for Brisbane this week. The per- the Purcell Mania bus took a nap on outside of Icon Park on the weekend. Uh, oh, look, that's okay as long as she turns up uh, on, on the grander stage and all. I'm I'm not too not too fussed about that. I mean, look, we talk about I mean we could talk about Hanksy until we're blue in the face, but you know it's it's the other players sort of surrounding them. I I don't think I've ever seen Shelley Heath play a more offensively branded oh. sort of sort of game of football, and when she does it. By God, it's just so fun to watch. Talk about players adding layers to their game, Doc. I know we've mentioned her a fair bit this year, and she's been in the team of the week a couple of times because she had those brilliant offensive performances um, earlier in the year against North, against the, the Gold Coast earlier as well. But, geez, <laughs> I don't know how so many of these players have gone up a, another gear. We talked about Eden Zanka a fair bit across this year. She didn't have a whole lot um to do in this game. I thought she did well with what she did have. 12 touches wasn't bad, but so many players have just raised the game to the next level. Eliza West is one of them. Tyler Hanks, we spoke about. Maddie Gay moving on to the half-back line. Uh, there's just so much more depth within this Melbourne team, and they just seem to keep adding to it. Another player as well who probably, we probably haven't given her raps a lot this year, but Blathan Mackin, I've been very impressed yeah. with. Sort of playing, rotating between half-back and the wing. You know, had the, had the 10 kicks, I think it was at about 60%, but nearly 300 metres gained from 10 kicks. It, 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 look, you might not think, oh, yeah, 10 kicks, that's nothing. But she gains meterage. Like, like for a first-year first year player, for her to, to just gather metres, you know, this game, is, this game can be a game of metres at times. And yeah. she takes to this game like a duck to water, I think. There's no shock that she's played every game since round four as well. Hasn't been dropped, has well and truly locked herself into this team, Doc. Uh, another one of those players that I sort of can't believe is going to be playing in a grand final next week, like seemingly out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how Cassie Sheriff's played in a grand final either, but <laughs> look, that's, that's, a, that's a story for another time. But another, another one of Miller's favourites, Sarah Lampard, is I, I think it probably has been one of the more underrated players this season. I think she... Has a has a superb job of both intercepting and running the ball out of the defensive half. You know, everyone yeah. talks about 
you know, Libby Birch, and with good reason. I mean, she's a, a quality defender. I think I'd probably I'd say one of the top ten defenders in the comp. Try asking Kelly Underwood that, cat. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I think the way that she has such, she has such a well rounded nature aspect to natural aspect to the game that a lot of that a lot of these players just don't have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how this whole back line lines up this week against Brisbane's forward line. Probably two, two of the best, if not the best, in those areas across this whole season. But we'll get to that when we preview the grand final shortly. Uh, we've unfortunately had to delay our A3 awards until next week because, as you've no doubt noticed by now, Alex Miller couldn't make this week's episode. And we want to make sure we have all the boys in to run through our awards and give our full... Uh, fallout from the W Awards last night, but nah, yeah, it's it's not 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 fair not fair on him if if we do it and he's not here. I mean, we we need somebody to marvel at our genius here, cat. <laughs> but we will take a brief look. Yes, our genius as always. Uh, a brief look at some of the award winners from last night. First and foremost, a congratulations to Ellie Anderson from the Brisbane Lions, who took out the league best and fairest two in a row to the Lions dock um, with obviously Batesy last year as Alex Miller predicted so brilliantly pre-season. This one, I don't think many actually saw this one coming. I don't know how many actually tipped Eliansen for it. We've spoken a fair bit about it throughout the year, Doc, as one of the most underrated midfielders uh, in the competition. Certainly no longer is she going to be underrated. No, well, if Michael Whiting's going to prepare another article, Cat, it better not be the it better not be a Brisbane line that's flying under the radar. Because <laughs> look, we, we we've said it already, but we'll say it again. You know, we we've known about Ali Anderson for a while, Cat. You know, she's just one of the look. Well, maybe to the broader AFLW community, she might be a hidden gem for some. But those that follow, understand the game, know the game inside out, will know that Ali Anderson's a, a, just an A grade talent. Yeah. Um. And I think, look, thoroughly deserved her her award. Probably one of the, I, I reckon, Cat was one of the most thrilling counts. It beats last year. It beats the uh, the year before that. Um, it, uh, sorry, I mean last season and the year before, where it was a, a dual a joint joint winner. You really you really could have had three or four winners if if it was any if it was any shorter. But no, look, Ali Anderson. Look, we can talk about. I mean, we'll talk about Jazzy Garner shortly, Cat. Um, but. <laughs> On on Anderson, I, she's been super consistent and and look, if Garner didn't win it, I'm glad Ali did because she yeah. has been. We, we've said it before, best Brisbane player, Brisbane best Brisbane midfielder this year, um, and I'd say I'd say one of the most consistent midfielders in the competition. Yeah. Not consistent enough to make my All Australian team, and not and neither <laughs> neither the AFLW team, but. Look, that's it, but that's okay. We don't we don't get them right all the time. There'll be a few heads scratching their heads after uh, that decision with the Australian team, but no, she does deserve it very rightly so. Um, I'm glad that she can claim the medal, uh, and probably will have a bit more of a target on her back come next season and Sunday as well. Uh, I think there might be a few more tags being placed on Ellie from here on out. As yeah. for the top five, Mon Conti finished second with 19 votes, Ed Marinov third. Maddie Prasparkas, which surprised me that she ended up finishing this high. Doc, I thought we might not win enough games for it, but she finished fourth and Purcell Mania in oh, fifth. Brother! <laughs> Purcell Mania. I think she had, she had a really good back end of the year, I think, um, yeah. Purcell, Purcell, and just was pulling threes and twos right right out of her backside. It was just fantastic. 
Um, good, good to see her get a spot in the in the top five of her song, man. It was running wild on the uh, on, on the coral carpet last night, I've been told. And how's um, Chaz Robottom Doc finishing sixth as well? That is oh. second season, still 19 years old. That is just ridiculous. Where, 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 did, um, where did Georgie finish up, Kat? Oh, I think she ended up finishing seventh or eighth. That, had she actually played every game this season, she was a genuine chance of winning the thing too. <laughs> I think actually she may have been equal sec- equal sixth with uh with Chaz. Yeah, I I, th- I think she look. I think Georgie's gonna gonna be a, a best and fairest winner in in at least the next two to three years. I mean, she just, has to be. I mean, I mean, both her and Chaz. It's just ridiculous how eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-olds can just dominate and command a game like they can. Yeah, no, without a doubt, um, brilliant, brilliant uh, talent coming through this competition, and I cannot wait to see them being the ones winning the awards, not just finishing close to it. But we do want to talk about briefly, Doc, the robbery of Jasmine Garner. Uh, this woman, you know, I've been banging on about her all year as the best player of the season, best I'll, player I'll, in the comp at the moment. Been been banging on about it as well, and I think a lot of lot of the a uh, lot of the community agree too. Cat, I mean, J- Jazzy Garner, the best player of the competition. Yeah, won the Coaches uh, Association award. Obviously, we knew pretty that convincingly one. too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, won it pretty convincingly. Uh, basically, had it sewn up about three weeks ago in the comp. But we've taken a little magnifying glass, investigative lens, because there's a few games here, Doc, that just do not add up. How this woman did not get three votes when she was clearly, clearly best on ground. I'd uh, look. We'll start. Look, we we start with the first two games, Cap. Uh, Twenty coaches votes, perfect, perfect scores. No one uh, disagree. No one disagree, but no Brownlow votes uh, <laughs> except the umpires. Everyone's disagreed. But they they smashed Gold Coast in the first week. Twenty seven disposals, one goal, one goal assist, six clearances, three hundred twenty eight meters gain. No votes, Cap. No votes. I'd Seven's like to remind six. you that she was in my team of the week that week. Seven score involvements as well, Kat. You, you you trying to tell me that she's not the best three players on the ground. All right, so that's already one big cross on the umpires. One one big cross. Uh, North Melbourne against Melbourne, uh, 22 disposals, 10 clearances, uh, set, uh, seven, seven, seven from stoppages, uh, five inside 50s, 428 metres gained. No votes. No votes. No oh, vote. No votes, Kat. Uh, where are we at? Round three. Um Round three didn't pull a vote. Adelaide. I'd, I'd like to remind you as well. Once again, she was in the team of the week that week too. In round three. In round two. In round two. Sorry. Round three against Adelaide had twenty four disposals, seven clearances, uh, two hundred sixty four meters gained. Uh, so not not quite as substantial, but no votes. I thought Danielle Ponta, uh, Danielle Ponta's goal was enough to get get her one vote. Um, and look, and and probably Ebony and, and Hatchie deserve their votes because they were pretty magnificent in that game. Well, look, this is the one week that I maybe do agree with. I did not have her in the team of the week that week, but yeah. she probably could have sniped a one. Could have snuck a one in. I mean, I thought I thought her her work around the stoppages was pretty good. Yeah. Um, following week against Geelong, no votes on this one either. But twenty-two disposal, three clearances. 418 metres gain in, in, in a game where not many goals were kicked and it was just an absolute bog of a match. Uh, no no votes on that one either, Cat. So uh, they gave the votes to Prisparkas, Riddell and Bruton in that one. So I mean, I don't disagree with that yeah, one either. Yeah, look, maybe... Ju- I think the ju- first two rounds are the most egregious and there's, no, there's nothing that you can say to convince me otherwise. The uh, fact I, that I, she polled perfect coaches' votes and got nothing. I'm I'm not a firm believer in the fact that you give a, a player in the losing team three votes. Yeah. I, I that that that's a bugbear of mine. Unless it's like a 
unless it's like a really close one point game. This game was close, but I think North dominated the entire game. Mm. Well, it's a matter of opinion, obviously, as it always is in these awards, but uh, we can say that the umpire's opinions are wrong. <laughs> which we firmly believe. I think she probably deserved 19 votes, which would have put her equal second with Mon Conti. Um, In my eyes, that would have been a much fairer result. Um, Um, But it is what it is. Another game she didn't poll votes in was the game against Brisbane, and obviously they lost. But Emma Carney got the three votes in that, Ali Anderson two, and Nat Grider got one. So... And, and, and their stat line, was, and, and look, I guess I guess there's this one as well, 21 disposals, three clearances, probably not as good, but would you really have given Carney the three votes in that one? Oh, it's up in the air. Probably not. Nah. Oh, look, probably I'm probably not. I wouldn't have thought so. Got threes in every, in every other game, I think. Um, yeah, got three got three votes in all the other five games that we didn't Ooh. that we didn't rack off. Well, what what is it about the umpires? I I just don't know why they seemingly ignore her. That the previous season, I think it was twenty eighteen or something, was it when she also polled about six votes or something ridiculously low when she was clearly a top five player in the comp. Yeah, and... I think I think I think it was the twenty nineteen or twenty eight or twenty twenty season. Oh, I don't know, but I remember we had that same discuss same discussion there, Cat. I mean, it's almost like Jasmine Garner has to do something outrageous to to get herself noticed by the umpires. I think well, I've, big... I've seen suggestions of rocking the pink mohawk, so they always see her out there on the field. Um, which, if you if you're listening, Jazzy, I actually would probably recommend that because that might be the only way the umpires. Notice you in the middle there. Um, I, I, I've heard the pink boots is a, is is, uh, is something that they that they're really pushing at North Melbourne. I mean, I mean, you could do the old fashioned way and just go and just and just disguise yourself as a streaker. I mean, that that'll get you noticed. <laughs> uh, well, at the end of the day, um, no disrespect to Ellie, but Jazzy got robbed of at least six votes in this one. So yeah, oh, should, should should have been right up there for mine. I mean, redo the count. That's all I have to say. It's it's a genuine fuss. Michael Pell wasn't wasn't um, umpiring any of these games. Was was, was he cat? Oh, I certainly hope not. Uh, no. Investigate it regardless. Uh, some <laughs> of the other awards stuff. The Rising Star Award went to the young lady by the name of Hannah Ewings from Port Adelaide. Uh, no disagreements for me there. I think she had a phenomenal season. There were others that I could have seen in the mix. Jazzy uh, Fleming was obviously one that I thought could be in there too. Um, but yeah, no complaints fl- in the end. No, no complaints from me either. I think she was probably the standout, uh, standout, and there's a few good ones there as well. Abby Derrick, a bit of a surprise finish in, in second cap. I thought yeah, it was, she um, had a brilliant season. Had a very good season, and also rounding out the top five, I think it was Fleming, the uh, the goat tour, Ella Roberts. Uh, no, no, no award this year, Ella, but you're still you're still a rising star in my eyes. So that 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 alone's worth more. We love um, the goat tour, and 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 Wilcox, Wilcox got Wilcox finished in the top five as well. I was Sorry. actually amazed, Doc. You know, I've banged on about this kid all season because I love her, but Paige Scott did not register a single vote. Not even oh, one. Oh, dearie, me. No, 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 no votes for Paige Scott. Not almost, a single one. It's almost a bigger robbery than Jazzy Garner winning the uh, winning the best and fairest. I mean, I didn't expect her to win, but at least get one vote. Yeah. Oh, look, I... Uh... How, how do they judge it? It's just a bunch of... Bunch Actually, of hang on. I've, I've eaten my words here. She did get one single vote. She got one vote from... Narelle Smith gave her the one. Oh, that's the um, that's the Fox footy commentator in, in, in Perth. So. Yes, yeah, so someone's got a bit of common sense. 
yeah, no, nice. that's good. Um, also, I've, I've just I've just got the top ten here as well. Um, I could see Evans get some votes. I actually think she's been she's been pretty good too. Yeah, so full or nine players end up getting votes. Hannah Ewings up first with forty one. Abby Derrick second with thirty two. Jazzy Fleming, Ella Robertson, Riley Wilcox, the top five. And then Evans, like you said, Doctor in sixth. Charlie Thomas, my West Coast daughter, equals seventh with Monty Ham, Indy Tahu, and Paige Scott round out the ten of them. Obviously, Nicole Livingston doesn't have a bloody clue how to vote because she had Ella Roberts putting in two votes. Come on, Nicole. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. And then uh, Andrew Dillon didn't vote for the GOAT Tour at all. <laughs> a bit more respect for the GOAT Tour there. Thank you. You, you moron, you're supposed to be running the AFL bloody next year. So I'd say you're certainly happy with Sarah Black there, Doc, who voted the GOAT Tour with four votes. Yeah, look, Sarah Black and I have had our disagreements over, over the uh, last couple of seasons, but at least we can agree on something there. Um, thank, th- th- good, good on you, uh, good on you, Sarah. Uh, and then the All-Australian team, there were... Ah. Yeah, well, we'll get... Doc's All-Australian team will be fully announced next week, which is obviously miles better than this one. Uh, yeah. I'll just say with the good, as we said last night when we were chatting about it, Doc, the bench was actually good for, yeah, for probably the first time. A bit of good variety within there. They actually had a defender and a forward named on the bench, plus, a, I guess, a, a utility-type player in Chelsea Randall as well. Um, yeah. I yeah. would have no disagreements with the players they named there. No. Nah. Um, look, I probably wouldn't have, with the exception of one, I wouldn't have any oh, discrepancies yeah. with the forwards either. Um, yes, Matt right. Spark has got names on the half-forward flank, which is ludicrous. Absolutely uh, ludicrous. Uh, so, so, so put, it, put out a tweet last night, Kat. I don't think you ever, don't think you, I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but Matty Prasparkas spent 90, averaged 91% of centre-bounce attendances uh, this, this season. And a lot of these get a lot of those games. She she was running a lot in the defensive half. You know, you can't tell me that's a that's an all Australian forward cat. Uh, you, you can't you can't convince <laughs> me about that. You can't convince me it's a it's um it's an all Australian forward. And 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 funnily enough, a few of the North Melbourne players actually agreed with me as well. Tess Craven and uh, Sarah Wright uh, jumped jumped on and said, "Yeah, Doc, I agree with you." Hit, nice to the North Girls got a bit of common sense about them. Yeah, no, I think they're still. I think they're still wanting Talia Randall in the team. Well, they might. They might not get her. <laughs> get her in. Uh, um, well, I, I wouldn't disagree with too much else. Obviously, we knew there were never going to be wingers on the wing because that's not how Australian selectors do things. All uh, right, well, last season was the only time we're going to get a winger actually on there. The exception that proves the rule, cat. I think. <laughs> uh, so Anne Hatchard and Georgie Prasparkas were named in the team, but I'm very happy to see Georgie in there. Brilliantly hey. rewarded for an awesome season. Yeah, no, you you keep pressing your case to put Jordan to get Georgie in my team, and we'll find out next week where where exactly Georgie sits. Um, no, I love her, Doc. I know you. I know you love it. I know you love it, Cat. You, you you keep you say you say that at least twice every week. Yes, because um, I'm still trying to convince her to get a bonus jumper on, but <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Um, I, I'm also a big fan of the defensive the defensive unit as well. Bedell getting Bedell getting a nod had to be a non negotiable for mine. I yeah, was... Bree Conan was my non negotiable, and I'm very glad she was in there because I know yeah. you have robbed her. <laughs> yeah, I know she she was uh, to me what well, I get. Well, I guess the umpires were to Jazzy Garner. Um, <laughs> um, but also good to see Katie Lynch in this team. You know, I've had my grievances about her and her decision making and her kicking this year, but. Above all else, I think her intercept marking has been on point this year. Um, yeah. I, I think d- deser- deserves her spot 110%. And ditto with Carney, ditto with Sheeran, and also. Uh, and also in the team. How good. Oh, I've been, I been... called for it from about round two, Doc, and I'm very happy to see it happen. 
Yeah, oh, look, I, th- I think from the moment she got she broke the intercept possession record, I knew she knew her in for something special. Um, lo- love, love the uh, love, love the uh, the speech as well when when she got sat down with Bryony Dawson. I think on the uh, last night, just, just just speaks like a true bogan. <laughs> no one's better than no one's speech was better than Greta Bodie, who let us know that uh, the vibes are immaculate down at Springfield. <laughs> uh, and then, then she just goes, "Yeah, thanks, Craig." <laughs> I love Greta Bodie. We need to get her on. We, I think there's a lot of these players we need to get on yes, as guests at some, at some point. I think Greta's got to be on the top of the list. And all in all, also, Doc, um, with this all Australian team. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? I was sorry. I was going to say all in all, it's not the worst. Not the worst all Australian team. Certainly yeah. different from mine. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see exactly. Good to see um, Purcell Mania as well named on yes. the, uh, the interchange bench. The only big <laughs> agreements for mine are Turbo didn't get in and uh, the Big Show didn't get in. Um, yeah, just oh, very, very yeah. Rough. Oh, look, if the AFL can put Brody Grundy and Max Gorn in the same Australian team, they could do the same. I probably one. would have taken Randall out for the big show, I think, Doc. Oh, look, not look. I don't think that's the worst call. I probably would have. Oh, look, maybe maybe the same. That, that I mean, that would have been too tall. Amy Vidal deserves a spot. Didn't, oh, I don't know about Grider either. I mean, she's been good, but I don't know if I could take her in the team. It's always a hard one. That's why we've got your one up next week, Doc. We cannot wait for that. Uh, before we get to that, though, we've got to go back to the prelims for Who's the Woman? Where we give our accolades to the best players of the weekend. Obviously, only two games, um, so we've only got two to choose from. But I'll throw it over to you first, Doc. Um, have a look at your game and who have you chosen as your woman of the week? Um, so, yeah, we'll go go to the Friday night game, Brisbane and Adelaide. And look, a little bit of left field. I could have easily gone Emily Bates because for playing probably her best game of the season. But I went for, I went with Brie Conan because I've yes. ignored her too much this season. I feel like it's only fair to give her a juice on the penultimate week. Um, it was hard to get a gauge who I think I would I saw both Campbell and Conan rotate on on Woodland on Friday night. And I thought both of them were just absolutely exceptional in their jobs. But I think Conan, not just for this game, but for the body of work she's done this season. And I apologise for not being for not being in my All Australian squad of forty four, <laughs> let alone the uh, the team. Should have been, but, but anyway, yeah, sh- yeah, should have been, but we move on. Um, but <laughs> but thirteen disposals and eight intercept possessions for Mindcat was second only to the intercept possessions were second only to Grider in 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 the Brisbane team, and I think third overall behind um behind both Grider and, and Chelsea Bedell. But it's just. Last year, it was interesting. I thought I think I read an article um, earlier in the week about Bree Conan sort of struggling in that first season as, as captain, and then sort of peeling back these layers and just try, and just being true to herself. And these rewards are magnificent. She's got a spot in the All Australian team. She's one one step away from being a Premiership captain. She's she's had a look. She's had a really good year. Yeah. Um, and and more power to her. I hope she has a. It's going to be a big job this week against these against these Melbourne forwards, Cat. Well, it might be made a little bit easier. We don't know, obviously, Taylor Harris, uh, whether she's going to be lining up or not. I imagine they'll be doing everything they can do to get her up for the game. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be yeah. some big, big matchups in there. Couple of couple of painkillers. Uh, she'll be right to go, I think. Never hurt anyone. But uh, very happy with that, Colt <laughs> Doc. Um, well, I'm going to go, obviously, over to the other prelim. And I mentioned before that Purcell Mania did not have her best game of the season, just the 10 touches. But, as I hinted at, there was one woman who stood up without her doing uh, her best, and that was Tyler Hanks, Doc. 
This woman has been, I I don't want to say underrated because I think she does get uh, her raps here and there, but I think just how important she's been at times to this Melbourne midfield group. We've spoken about Eliza West and Olivia Purcell and the combination they've formed, but Hanksy has just been quietly doing her thing there as well, and she did it once again in this game. 20 disposals, 12 tackles. She's a defensive force, four tackles, four clearances, sorry, um, to go with it. I just think that we talk about layers, and when you peel back the layers of this Melbourne midfield, Tyler Hanks is that woman that's just sort of benefiting. She's kind of the the Ellie Anderson type, I think, where you've got your defensive <laughs> one in Kathy Spark, you've got your one who everybody's paying attention to in Emily Bates, and then there's the Ellie Anderson in there, and that is Tyler Hanks, this Melbourne midfield at the moment. Oh, Alex Carolato, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, look, Tyler Hanks has had that consistent of a season. It almost reminds me of Ellie Anderson's season, to be honest. Well, we're always on the same page here at A3. I, I don't think I've, look, I don't think I've ever seen a game where Tyler Hanks has played awful. Like, she has these sort of, like, quiet games, which is like, oh, 13, 12 possessions, but then has these sort of games. But most of these games are in, are in the high teens and early 20s. So. Yeah. Um, no, she's that's a great shout, and she had a tremendous game on the weekend. Thought I saw her matched up on on Garner a couple of times throughout the uh, the stoppages. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely where part of the uh, twelve tackles came from in this one. She was certainly laying the pressure. Yeah, I, I saw her as well match up on Hatchard a couple of weeks ago, um, and kept her relatively quiet as well. So that's a really good shout, Cat. Uh, she, she's going to be a key part, key player this this week. I just love watching Hanksy play and uh, oh. some stats as well. She's averaging her career high for tackles, Doc, averaging her career high inside 50s, and she's just 0.4 of a disposal behind her career high disposals as well. Um, <laughs> so if there's any woman having a career best season this year, uh, it is Tyler Hanks. She's been yeah. fantastic, and she's going to be such a crucial part of this midfield. Come Sunday, well, we'll crack into it, Doc. There's only one game left in this season. The grand Ooh. final Sunday, 2.40 p.m. in Victorian time. 1.40 p.m. if you're somehow up in Queensland listening to this one. At Brighton Homes Arena in Springfield. Uh, <laughs> so much controversy surrounding this venue, but that is where it is, and we're just going to have to deal with that, as is everybody else. Yep. <sighs> I'm, I'm that keen for this game, Doc. These two have been the clear two best across the whole season. Finished yep. barely percentage apart at the end of the year. Only lost one regular season game each. I don't think we've seen many more even grand final matchups than between these two teams coming into this one. Yeah, exactly. Look, compared to the last time these two teams played, I think it was in the middle of the year, I think, round four, round five. Round, 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 round four was, and that was in Casey Fields, and, and Brisbane were on top of that one. So it was, And Brisbane ran away with it in the fourth quarter. It was an even three quarters Interesting um, parallel, Doc. Obviously, they were missing Taylor Harris in that game and maybe missing her again in this one. So it's a I, weird one. The The early mail I'm getting out of Melbourne is that I think that I think they'll clear her. Yeah, um, it I, sounds I, like I she'll don't, play. I don't, I don't think they'll, she'll have too many issues, but that is my issue with, with Melbourne. Like Harris is a momentum-based player, and if she has like a little niggle like this, I, I'm, re- I'm going to struggle to see exactly where she where she fits in if she if she can't get a run mm. on here, cat. It just throws a lot out in terms of their forward line matchups if they don't have Taylor. We know she's been spending a bit more time rotating through the ruck, but she is so important when she does get forward as well. I thought she was obviously was out for a fair bit of the game, um, and was obviously nursing the injury, but 
she's had some really important roles across this year so far. She's had her games where she's really stood out. I guess my only real criticism is that she hasn't had a big game against one of the other big teams across this year. She had a good game against the Crows, I thought, back in round one, Doc, but since then uh, she hasn't really done much in those big occasions. The North game, she was pretty quiet. Um, she probably could have kicked a goal, but didn't look at her best. She wasn't at her best against the Crows either in the um, qualifying finals. So she needs to really stand up in a big game here, I think, for mine, because she hasn't done that quite so much across this year. Yeah, I mean, that's good. It's a good call that. I, I think, look, Taylor, I think there's no doubt Taylor Harris can live up to that billing of being a mark. She's easily the most marketable player in the comp. And whether or not she can live up to the billing and, and, dominate all before her remains to be seen. I don't think well, the thing about it, the thing about it, though is if they don't if they want to just restrict her playing forward, you can place Anchor as a second up ruck. Yeah. Um there there is a bit of an issue there there is still a bit of an issue with Lauren Pierce. She only plays a select percentage of time in the ruck due to her knees. So there's just a bit bit to work on with that. And failing that you can if, if she's not right, take her out. You uh, you got Zanker that can play forward. You've got um, Bannon that can play forward as well. You can probably you can bring in somebody like somebody like a uh, like a Maggie Karras who's played this year. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit top heavy, but at the same time it gives it gives it gives Lauren Pierce a well well deserved chop out. You can even probably pluck her in the forward line, give her, give her a tool, player as a tool target to kick to try and stretch that Brisbane defence as much as you can um, because it's not it, like Brisbane's defence is very stingy, but it's not an overly tall one either. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, I mean, think it makes life a bit easier if Harris isn't at her best because I think you probably are sending whoever you want your number one key defensive matchup to be to Bannon um, or someone like that who we know Bannon's got such a unique sort of skill set and she's so fast for a key forward. But uh, it does make probably the Melbourne's forwards' lives a little bit harder if you've got her not at 100%. That said, though, Daisy's been on some brilliant form in the forward line. Doc, they've got to worry about her as well. Yeah, there's a well. This is, this is the thing about Melbourne's team; it's so multi-layered. Um, you can't just focus on one player. I yeah. mean, Zanka might kick two or three one week, but then you've got a player like Daisy Pierce who can still play. You can still play, you know, above, well, well above her age, and it's just and she pops up like she did on the weekend with a with a with a big clutch goal from out of nowhere. And then you've got a player like Kate Hoare, who was named All Australian, and and had and was probably the best sort of general, and was probably the best general forward uh, this this season. It was was probably was second behind just Wardlaw and goals kicked this season. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of players you can go to, and I think there's probably and you can probably get Paxi down forward. She's been in goal kicking touch this season, yeah. which is which, which is a, which is a good which is a good little thing to have. When you've got the likes of. Uh... Mackin, as we said before, and Lampard, who can move up onto the wing. You probably don't have to worry so much about Paxi holding onto that post. Uh, the, yeah. the midfield group stock, last time they met, it was pretty even all round. Uh, the clearances are only separated by one for D's way, the Lions, one contested possession, plus 11. Uh, but that's another area that's going to be such an interesting matchup. Do we think Spark is going for a tag in this one? Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it'll be a tag. I, I feel like we, we've talked about Svark earlier, and it feels like there's just more of a more of an impetus on her game to just sort of go for the ball and then spread, yeah. as opposed to being a direct tagger. And 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 the results show that she that that the the side's better off without the tag. So mm-hmm. I, I think 
if they rely on her playing just one-on-one footy, I think Brisbane will be in, be in a fair enough stead as it is. I mean, they've got a very good they've got a very good on on ball unit. I mean, I think aside from that, you've seen Bell Doors play a little bit in there. Courtney Hodder has had some minutes throughout the year as well. There hasn't actually been many players that have attended these sort of centre bounce mm. centre bounce stoppages. So they're a very settled unit, Brisbane. So and whereas Melbourne, they're more versatile. They can play a lot of players in there chop and change whatever they like. I mean, Lily Mithen has spent a lot of time in the guts this season. West Purcell, Hanks have, have predominantly been there as well. But you've also had Shelley Heath in there at times. Uh, Kate Hall played in the centre bounce a little bit against Adelaide in the final. Um, so there, there's two stark contrasts there. You know, Brisbane are very settled and very organised and very meticulous. Yeah, Mel- Melbourne are more expansive and they can play chop and change and play who they like in the midfield. And, it's going to be the key matchup for mine this week, Cat. It's uh, whoever gets whoever gets on top of the clearances and make, makes makes the most out of their scoring opportunities out of stoppage, whether yeah. it's inside forward fifty or whether it's you know on a wing, they win this game. For mine, oh, it's a big call. Well, we'll get into our predictions then for the game itself. We'll start with the tip stock. Uh, it's. The hard, it's always the hardest one to give, and this this is the hardest one. I. <laughs> I'm already trepidant because the men's grand final, I couldn't have been more off in my predictions. But I want to say my early tip for this one is the Lions. I just think they've been the best team all season. The cloud on Taylor, like I said, they'll probably play. She'll probably play. But if she's not at her best, it throws off that rotation a little bit, especially as you said with Pierce still playing limited time in the ruck as well. I think Talia Hickey's got absolute reign to go crazy uh, if that's the case. Um, and that obviously helps the midfielders another level. I'm just going to say Brisbane at the moment, but I'm going to say 14 points. She becomes a key player, doesn't she, Talia Hickey? Mm. Um, she is everybody I think, week, mate. I think back to that. I think back to the final last year at the MC, uh, last season at the MCG and Pierce just absolutely out, outbodied her and outworked her in every, almost every ruck contest. Yeah. That that got Melbourne over the line. I think she'll have learned a lot from that game. Oh, she, she's learned so much since then. It's going to be a good matchup. I'm inclined to be with you, Cat. I, I think Brisbane will get up only because I think they've been the best team all year. Um, I just think there hasn't been much that slowed them down. Uh, they always they they often have like these one, particularly against these these top tier sides. I always have these one quarter where they just burst out and put a score on the board yeah. that nobody can really catch. Melbourne has, Melbourne has had moments like that this year. I think back to the game against the Dogs where they just piled on the goals. I think it was in the second quarter and it nearly gave me an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> but, oh, look, I, I went with the best team in the men's and I'm going to go with the best team, best team now. Uh, I think Brisbane will win. Uh, I think... Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing wouldn't see, wouldn't mind seeing Melbourne get up for Daisy, but I think that narrative is worn thin with a lot of fans. Um uh, but no, I'll, I'll stick with the Lions. I think at home they'll they'll uh, they'll they'll do it. All right, uh, we'll go the best on ground winner, Doc. <laughs> uh, this is a hard one. This is a very a, very hard one. There's a lot of players you can pick, Cat. Um, look, I always like to go off the cuff. I think I think the one that'll be too easy is Ali Anderson this year. Yeah. Um, she did the double. Um, that'd be. I'm. I'm inclined to say Batesy. I think she's played her best game of the season at the right time. She's in very, very good touch. She's built into this final series so well. I think she could I'll, be in for an explosion of a game here. I want to ask you this quickie, Cap. 
Yes or no? Mm. Jesse Wardlaw comes out, kicks a bag of three, four, possibly five. Brisbane win. Wins the best on ground medal. Where do you see her in amongst the top 50 of the competition? She'd have to be... I mean, look, she's the best key forward this season. So she's got to be in the top 20 players at least. I think in... She's a, she, right now, she's currently top 10. I think so. I've, I've spoken I've, about how hard it is to come by quality goal kickers in the AFLW before. And I, when you've got a player like Wardlaw, who's a brilliant set shot, she's a great lead, great mark. She is a true key forward. You, you'd have to, yeah. I think top 15, top 10, probably she's right up there. I I haven't... I haven't written written out my top fifty yet, but I'm thinking about it. the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm inclined to really put Jesse Wardlaw closer to one. I don't know how many players have come out and kicked bags like that against the D's this year, though, Doc. It'd be a, a hell of an achievement if she did. Yeah, look, we, we talk about Jazzy Garner, but I think Jesse Wardlaw. Look, key forwards like her just do not grow on trees. Key forwards that, that are consistent, that mark well, kick well. I just if she comes out and kicks a bag of three or three or four in a grand final, gets close, even gets close, I think she could be the best player in the comp, Jesse Wardlaw. I don't mind the call. Mind you, the last game they played, she did kick two. She did. Um, <laughs> so she's in good stead there. One of only a handful of players to have kicked multiple goals against Melbourne across this year. It's her, yeah. it's Kate Shearlaw. It's Caitlin Gould, and uh, I don't think there's many others. Oh, my God. Emma King could did be as well back in round two. Oh, could be easy. Huntington if she had a good knee. Uh, um, oh, yeah, jeez. It's Look, good company. Okay. Yeah, it is very good company. Look, my safe bet will be Ali Anderson, but if I had to go off the cup, I reckon Jesse Wardlaw kicks four, wins, wins the medal. I like the call, Doc. Would you go Wardlaw for the first goal kicker then as well? Uh, yeah, well, why not? <laughs> if, if, if it's not Wardlaw, I want it to be Bodie. I'm going to you know, say it would be Courtney Hodder for this one. Oh, you know, you know what? We'll go We'll go to D's, actually. I'll say... Oh. Uh, oh, who's getting forward to kick the first goal? I'll say Kate Hoare for the first goal. D's start strong. Good call. Good call. Um, I think, look, that's about the predictions for the granny. Doc, I am very, very keen to see how these two go head-to-head. I think the fact that... They played back in round four as well. Makes it all the more intriguing. It's been a while yep. since these two met. They've both been yep. a very, very good run since then. Who who who'd you, who'd you pick as your best on ground? Uh, I'll go oh, Batesy. Like yeah, I said, she's in some serious form right now. And uh, we know that finals form always helps. Just that little bit when you come into the granny. Yep. But I, I just hope it, it's a, you know what, not a blowout because I don't want another blowout grand final. <laughs> No, uh, don't, don't, not, not a don't, low scoring affair. No, we 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 like goals. We like we like the, we like the low scoring scraps as well, but we also like goals. Yes, we want to see Jesse Wardlaw kick the dog's bag of four. Apparently, yeah, I want to want to see want to see a bag from Jesse this week. Oh, regardless of what happens, I think we're in for a cracky, and no matter what. So make sure you tune in Sunday two forty uh, Victorian time. That's one forty Queensland time. Or if you're in Brisbane, well, it's already sold out, but. I'm sure there'll be people peering through the gates like they do at Punt Road, trying to get in, break into I'm it, sure. jump over the fence, whatever you have I'm to sure, do. I'm sure most having across the road uh, will uh, will have <laughs> will have some seats available. Always does. Uh, well, I think that's going to be all for this episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Make sure you follow us across our socials so you know when new episodes come out. 
A3 Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter. And we have our email as well, A3 Footy at gmail.com. Make sure you stay tuned. Next week, the draft is coming up. Uh, we're going to have all the draft preview, review, all sorts of wraps and things like that. On what oh, is going to be a rankings. huge draft. We love our draft rankings here at A3. We cannot wait for it. And the uh, the crowd the crowd seem to love it as well. It seems to be our, seems to be our favorite episode. It seems to be the best episode every year. Well, everybody goes crazy for a bit of draft content. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. And I've been Alex Doherty. Stay tuned. Huge AFLW Grand Final coming up. We cannot wait. Oh, go the footy.